Kumlen Ravat Gemara. Today's daf is daf Samach Beis Amar Aleph, and um, we're talking about over here. The last thing we learned was in the mission it says that a Talmud, somebody who wants to go study, can leave home without permission for thirty days, and then we go into the, the conjugal obligations for a worker, and uh, uh, what do you call it? So we say, um, <clears throat> so we said a worker's one week. And without permission, and a time we can go 30 days. And then we talk about the different kinds of obligations. Depends on your work. If you're more available at home, you have more free time, you have more obligations than if you're somebody who travels abroad and so on. So we're up to the bottom of the page. A Talmudim Yaitim Talmud, that a Talmud goes to learn 30 days without permission. Bishus Kama says, if we have permission, is there a cap on how long you can get permission for us? So it says, Kama de boy, Urcha de Musa, whatever is, whatever is Kama. Kama, how much is that? Amarav says Rav, Chaydish. In other words, the way Rashi learned Shadi, the Gemara saying here, that a person should not really go for more than 30 days, even though he can convince her to go longer, he shouldn't go more than 30 days. So the obvious question is, we're still going to learn about Rabbi Kiva, he left for 24 years. So some of the Rishonim want to say the difference is we're talking about you're trying to convince or cajole even and persuade your wife, then the limit really should be 30 days. The cap should be 30 days. But if <clears throat> it was her idea that you should go learn or as part of the condition that Taser says of the marriage, then there is no cap. Because if she if she's the one who came up with the idea, then it's a good idea. But then the re actually holds that this Gemara is talking about a poem, a worker. What should the maximum be? Because a Talmud, even without permission, can go a month. So how can it be with permission only a month? And therefore, they want to say, by Talmud, there is no cap. If there's permission, there's no limit. It's only without permission of 30 days. The Gemara continues. You have a month at home and a month going to learn. And how do I know that it breaks that a month and a month? You alternate Shenema. It says by David HaMelech that he had this a different group for every single month working for him. And then he had one, two groups that, that were the same. No, those groups only work one month a year. And he had different groups that they alternate every month. The Chol, it says in the Pazigiyah, so all those groups that came and went, month by month. The Chol all the months of the year. And so on. So we see that uh, there was one group that was one, uh, there were two groups that alternated a month, month. So each one a month away from home, a month at home. And at Yechina says, no, you can go for a month to learn, so what after you're married, but you have to be home for two months. Shenema, but it says by Shlomo, when he built the base of Mikdash and he sent them to Lebanon to go work, it says over there that there'll be one month in Lebanon and two months they'll be home. So we see that it's one month away and two months at home. Why does it not bring this process clear? One month versus two months. The binyan based on media will not be done by you. Anybody can really build it. So therefore, you can you be away a month and you should be home two months. When it comes to learning Tata, nobody can learn in your stead. You have to learn your own Tata. So therefore, he says, only a month home and go back to learn again. Rabbi Yechina says, why doesn't Rabbi Yechon bring the Pasuk of Rab? So he says, Those people who work for the king, they got a lot of money. So then the wife, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, because the wife got a lot of money, 
She didn't mind that her husband was only home for one month. And because she knew that he was doing it to bring income to the house and they should have a very comfortable life. So he's prepared to put up with the fact that every month, every second month, he's away from home. But in ordinary cases, she wants you home for two months and they only go away for one month. Amar Rav says, Rav, continuing, we have a machlek is Rav, we have another machlek is Rav, says, Anoch, if somebody moans and groans, a krechts. Actually, he can break up half a person. Because it says in Pesach, you the person, that when you give a krech, to groan, you break your loins, which is a halfway point. Um, and so on. So we see that half a person is broken. <clears throat> However, sorry, the Pesach continues there. And it says, and with bitterness, or they were going to krechts. Rabbi says, that can break the entire person. How do we know that? They'll ask you, why are you krechting? Why are you moaning? This Pasuk is actually written one Pasuk after the other one. And here we're talking about the race of English. Why are you, why are you uh, groaning? Um, and, and you will say, because it's terrible news I just heard. The Namas called this woman the structure of Esmeralda. The Namas called all the hearts will pass out. The Rafa called you dying. The hand became weak. The Chosik called Ruach. The spirit disappeared. The Chol Birkayim Telachna and Mayim and the and the and the, the feet all went falling apart. So we see that he described the Thai body falling apart. Rabbi Yechanami Yaksib Bishivim Masnaim. I Rabbi Yechanami Yud Other Pasuk says clearly he breaks all your loins on halfway. Ahi the chimaschol and mesnaimaschol. When the groaning starts, and where does it start breaking from the from the midpoint? But it doesn't remain there. It continues traveling all over. Rab Namik says clearly, "Venimas kolay." It says the pasuk clearly that the venimas kolay, that the entire heart verofu kol yadaim, vechisa koruah. So every part of you falls apart. So we answer shiny shmuah the base amigdash. Hearing the terrible news about the destruction of the base amigdash is far worse than any other news I could have heard. It kifat too, but it was terrible. That broke the entire body, but generally it doesn't. Even though the, the Pasik before that Rab brought was the Pasik before this Pasik, which means the Khaid is also talking about the Khurbais Amigdish. Yeah, but that's talking about before it happened. And it's telling you, you know, what's gonna happen in the future. That's not the same thing as in the next Pasik, which is talking about after it happened, which is much worse. More tell a story along those lines about the Khurbais Amigdish, Ahud Yisrael, and the Khum was eating the goy, that because they were traveling together. The guy couldn't keep up with the Eid. The Eid was walking at a very fast pace, and the guy couldn't keep up. What did the guy do? He decided to remind the Yid about the Chur Beis to basically weaken him and slow him down. Because he'll go a trudge and let the guy come pass him. Nogi, the Eastern, gave a crash. So, nevertheless, he didn't slow him really down, and the guy still couldn't keep pace with the Eid. Omelis and Grace, I am bewildered. Lava Amrita didn't didn't they say Anoche Shevedes Chasigufishaladim? Okay, he wasn't aware of Rabbi Yechon's opinion. It breaks the Thai person, but it breaks half the person. And how can you still walk at the same pace? Omelis, he said to him, you know when it breaks half a person, Milsach Hanim Milsachal. If you hear new terrible news, it breaks half a person. Avulhah, when it comes to the Chun Beis Amigdash, but we repeated over and over again, Loi. The first time it broke us, but now we're sort of used to being in Golis and all the pain we have. The Ami Inchi, people say, they're saying my people, the Milford Tahli, that a woman, unfortunately, who's accustomed to losing her children at birth or very young, like Bahasa, when she loses another one, she doesn't get as frightened. 
knows if you repeat the, the pain again and again and again, you sort of come a little bit immune to it. Okay, then the Mishnah continues. The Mishnah says that depending on your job, then uh, that's how often that you have to be. If you're home, you spend more time at home and you have more, you know, you're more leisure, you have to you have more obligations to be with your wife and have intimacy than if you're, if you're not. So the first thing we learned in the mission was tayolin. That tayo, what exactly does tayolin mean? Normally we say tayolin are people who, you know, lady gate, whatever it is, but what does it mean to be in our mission? Tayolin seems some kind of a work. It's been every single day. My tayolin, what I want to know, what exactly is tayolin? Omar Rabbi says, B'nai Pirki, yeshiva people, people who learn in a local kail, and the rabbi is local, and uh, and therefore they come home every night. If they come every night, they have spare time, and they're not so uh, they're not so worked up. So therefore, they have, a, have an obligation every night to be with the wife. Amla bye bye says man these you think they come home earlier every day from kail and they they're home. They, you know how you know how the pasuk describes these talmidim who sit and learn after they're married, coil people. It says in the post, it's a waste of time, those who get up early, come home late, and so my time to come home, and the, you know, they eat the bread alone, and the bread of depression. This is, I will actually give a reward, now, he's going to translate, Shana is sleeping, and you need to mean those who push away sleep. Those who push away the sleep, and what are they doing at night? They're learning Torah. They're still in Kail. Those will get rewarded. Um, and what Rabbi says, who are we talking about? Who are those people who push away the sleep? Elin the Shasayans of Talmichachamim. Talking about the wives of Talmichachamim. What do you mean the wives? Shemanidra Shinamei They lose sleep in this world. They're waiting for the husband to come home so they can provide them with dinner. And um, and and the husband sitting in Kayla sitting and learning. So um, so what do we see from here? Two things. We see that first of all, the women get a, a reward. The women get rewarded. In fact, some say women's rewarded. We have more brachot of designed that, that women get rewarded for for making sure that, that everybody learns Torah. <clears throat> here, the policy says that they get the schar. These women who wait for the husband to come back and then to give them food and everything else. But what do we see? That the husbands came home very late at night. What do you tell me? They come home early for Kayla? These people are devoted to their learning and they come very late at night. So they cannot be included in Tayolim. Or boys are haba and the women go Ilam haba. So what do you mean they have spare time every single night? When do they have time? They come home so late. So you might have at home and you're saying to Shiva Bakhim. Elmar Bay Abai says, you know what Kidrab, like Rab, don't but I'm saying Shmuba Shalit. Shmuba Shalit is the is I guess the the archetypical Malamit we have a few times. We'll also, um, and that we have a few, we also have Basra, when it, it praises teachers who many years after he finished teaching, he still thought about his students. And we had him before the as well, who was a, a teacher and um, and a teacher in school, then you no know, teacher during the day and at night he's home every day. The Ochumidi day, he gets a salary, so he eats his own food, the Shashimidi day, doesn't have to worry about wander about to, to write or you know, raise money, he gets paid. He sleeps in the shade of his house, which you call a palace. And that's the word tayolin. Tayolin, this word tayolin is the source of this word is the, the, the shade of their houses. They're very fortunate because people think they have no money. So even the tax collectors don't come they're from the, you know, the shluchan or the king do not come to his door to try to collect money or to make it work for the king because they think he's a nobody. And these people have a decent life, a normal life. There's no pressure. They're the ones who have obligations to arrive every night. 
Kiyosu Robin, Robin says, I'll tell you who we're talking about. Marava, the spoiled ones of Marava, the people there who are you know, very uh, fastidious and, and, and so on. Those people there, and they like to eat and they drink and they sort of a bit lay back. They're very healthy and strong. So therefore, because they're healthy and strong, therefore they should have more, um, have an obligation to be the wife of the night. We can give a few examples of Israelis. Now we're talking about even Tamid HaChamid. Uh, who were very, very strong. And here's a few examples. Rabbi Yavu, had a bani that he was by the bathhouse. And um, and what happened was that underneath, if you remember, we had a few times, underneath the, the vat, there's a big space there. And that's where the water, you know, spills into. And what happened was it gave way. And koibe bani, he was in the bath, and suddenly something broke in the bottom and everybody fell down. Having some chalete abdi, he held on to... Um, with one hand, as Rashi describes it, he held on to two of his servants, and with the other hand, he was holding on to um, onto one of the beams to save themselves. Uh, in, uh, sorry, first, two abodim were carrying it. If his bebani, when the bottom gave way, the two underneath, Islamli Amudi, he found the beam solik vasiknul. He 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 jumped up to grab a hold of the beam, and he held on to those two people who supported him. He held on to them. You have to ask yourself, Marbutaka was going to ask, so what do you need two people to support him, to help lift him when he himself is so strong, he can lift both of them together with one hand. That's how strong they were. We'll He was going down the steps. was sort of supporting him to make sure that he walked straight and he doesn't fall down. If to say one of the steps gave way underneath him, Solik, he jumped up, and he lifted both of his support of Amit Abasi, he lifted them both. Since you're so strong, what do you need to tamid him to support you? If I'm going to use up all my strength now, what strength am I going to have left when I get older? Not sure I exactly understand what he meant by that, because just because you use your strength today doesn't mean your strength disappears when you get older. Not sure. But anyway, they were very strong. And even though it's said by now to Rebbe that when, on a fast day when he was uh, a bit weak, he was able to pick up half a shas in, in one go. And in those days, the shas, the paper were much thicker than today and wooden covers. And yet he was able to pick up. So even though Taylor weakened somebody, imagine what they, what they were like when they wouldn't have learned Taylor. So think what, um, but Tanya, we learn a worker is twice a week. Work is only once a week. It's not a question. Depends. If they work locally, then it's twice a week. They have to travel to another city, then the time to come late, then at least once a week. Time we learn. Workers are twice a week. My brother, when they're working locally, they're working in another city. Then aches b'shabes once a week. Hachamorim aches b'shabes. Those people who carry freight to on, on donkeys and they're constantly traveling to and fro, so they have an obligation once a week. Omle Rabba Baruchon Labaye Ichvot Tana Lashmina Tayil Upoil is a Tana. We learned before about the Beisil b'shamay. How long a person could deny obligations to his wife? And Beisil says no more than one week. So lechayda you have all of these dinim. And all, all this din that you know you can be more than a week. We're talking in, in Risham, Basil says if you deny your wife of your obligation for more than a week, you have to cancel. Now it doesn't apply to everybody because if you're let's say um, a, a sailor on a ship, 
we said that's once in six months. So if you made a nether that you're not going to have relations for a week, who cares? Your obligation anyway is once in six months. So if you if you go on camels, we said once in 30 days. So if you made a, a vow that you're not going to have, you're gonna, you know, not going to have any relations with your wife for a week, who cares? Anyway, you don't have it only once a month. So the mission is only telling us dinim regarding two of the workers, which is the tayo, which is twice a week, and the um, the tayo, which is every night, and the prayer, which is twice a week. That din of a nether applies to every single person, every category. Why? Six months. Um, he only wants six months. He has obligations. So if he made a nether about that he won't have relations with her for one week, who cares? Says so the Gemara, the famous saying. You cannot compare. You cannot compare someone that has bread in the basket. So even though you are fasting, but if you know you have food waiting for you, you're not and you're not so hungry. <clears throat> so if a person, let's say, is a camel rider, comes once thirty, she knows it comes once in thirty days, but. Uh, <clears throat> But there's always a possibility you might come home early, something to work out. But if you make an edit, there's no possibility. That's it. So therefore, it's far worse, even though it's within the time frame. Anyway, that you don't, you're not really expected to come come home. It doesn't matter. It makes it, uh, it, it sort of cements it, and that's worse. There's no hope. When, when you lose hope, in fact, we say in Shemineser, these are the worst kind of people, people who are informers. And what's the punishment? Alti Sikva. Take away the ability to have hope. There is nothing worse. A person can have all kinds of tsar and tsar and all kinds of problems in life. But it's, it's, you always have the ability to have hope that things will improve. And that's what saves us. That's our crutch. That's the greatest punishment you can think of. Take away their hope. And that's what this is. When you make an edit, the hope is gone. And, and that's terrible. What about a chom of my? What about if somebody, let's say, got married to somebody, and at the time, his job, his vocation was that he should be to the freight, but uh, with a donkey, which means he went to nearby towns, came at home, he home once a week. Uh, is he allowed to become then eventually change the trade and become a freight driver, let's say, to interstate, and, and which he means he goes away for much longer periods? <clears throat> now, the question here is, as a camel rider, because of less people who are interested, you'll get paid a lot better, but you're away from home a lot longer. What's more important to, to a wife? That you should be more home more often, even though we live on a modest means, with modest means, or that you're away longer, but um, you know you bring home a lot more money. What's Omelette, Marcus concludes, Isha, woman would be much happier, the cop with less money, the tifless, but to have her husband around the house, Masara Kavin, and then, then having a lot more money, precious and being alone in solitude. More important to her than money is to have the company of her husband. So therefore, uh, <clears throat> we're allowed. Even though we learned just before that the people in the, the building base of English, they were away. Uh, they were they were away for a month, and then they uh, they came back. They worked for them. We said because they worked for the king, they made a lot of money. She didn't mind so much. She was away so often. But still, it wasn't for that long. As a gumbel, gumbel was away for six months. That was away only for one month. So other shame give different answers. Says the Gemara. Um, if you're a sailor, once every six months, these words are This view is the view of Rabbi Lezid. However, um, um, all of these time periods that we just said, once a week, twice a week, these are all the views of Rabbi Lezid. And if you leave that permission, you know, we said how long, 30 days. 
is all about the Rabbacham. Rabbacham is like Talmidim Yoitzim Talmud Torah that a Talmud can leave his home without permission, base the Gimel Shonim Shalabishus. So Rav Adabarava said that that the fact that the Rav said the halacha like Rav Lezer sounds like somebody's argument. So he said, yes, you should know that the Chacham argued. They hold that if you're going to learn Torah, there's no cap. You can leave for two, three years without permission. I mean, just picture that. And look at the story. Amar Rav says, Rav, there were a number of rabbis who relied on the opinion of Adabarava, and they left home without permission for a number of years, and it came out of grave with grave consequences. But of the Ugda bin Nafshayu, and they followed they followed him and it cost them their lives. What happened? used to come to learn from You would only go home and every kipper. It was it's hard to understand why Rubber himself didn't ask him, What are you doing here? You're married. Unless Rubber assumed he had permission. Didn't realize he went without permission. He used to come home every Erev Yom Kippur. Yom Echad, one day, Meshach Teshmaita, Erev Yom Kippur, he was so immersed in his learning, and he didn't come home, and he was running late. Having Mesachid, his wife was looking forward. She was, you know, this is the day that your husband comes home. And she was saying the whole time, Hashtas, Hashtas, oh, he's coming out, he's coming out. But also, the husband didn't come home. Cholosh Daita, she felt terrible. Ochiz Dimosem Eina, and tears started to develop and flowed from her eyes. Meanwhile, he, the was sitting <clears throat> on, on the step. And Abu was sitting on the step. If his the step gave way underneath him, he passed away. Now, this is a very difficult story to understand. You think, here the wife wants the husband home. So what happened? She's the one who killed her husband. Sounds like a punishment to the wife. This is, what, this is much as a punishment to the husband, that he passed away. And she, you know, the love of her life, she's the one who caused him to die. Now that you understand how this punishment worked out. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so what is the time for a tamachach? Okay, we spoke about all the different employees, but a tamachach, what are his obligations? So we learned before that one opinion was tayolin, that tayolin were talmud, were local talmud, and that, um, that maybe... Um, you know, they're available every night. Abai disagreed, but one opinion said yes. But a Tamachacham here, now that Abai told us that's not right, they're, they're, they're learning trade every night. And we had him on Erevin that the best time to learn trade is at night. So, um, or Chagiga. So, um, Shmuel said <clears throat> that uh, from Friday night to Friday night. Why? Because the fruit should come in the right time. So, there is a time, and therefore we set aside for Friday night. Um, and also for Friday night, everyone's much more relaxed. The Shomri Yisaida, so therefore Friday night. He's talking about that one that has relation to the wife every Friday night. Yehuda in the motel number stories. Yehuda Breyed Rabchia. Yehuda the son of Rabchia was Chasnei Rabbianai. We had a few times the Gemara how careful. Especially tzaddikim should be with their words, even though they had no intention. We have a bayi who killed our papa's parents. We have so many. So here's another sad story. So Yehuda was the son of Rabbiya, was married to Rabbiyanai's daughter. After he got married, he went to Koil and he went to Koil abroad, and he sat there and learned. 
and uh, where he was, another town maybe, he only came home on Friday nights. Rashi told us a few times, whenever it says sunset, there's only one night that sunset really matters more than any other night, it's Friday night. So he was away during the week. Every Friday night he came home. And whenever he came, whenever he came, they saw um, of, um, of, of like a beam of fire. One Friday, one Friday, he was sitting and learning, and he got so immersed in his learning, he was delayed. And Kim Lechola, who seen Rabiana, didn't see that pillar of fire coming his way. Omaluhu Rabiana, Rabiana said, I can only draw one conclusion. Why isn't my son in law coming home? I must conclude that he passed away. So he turned to his daughter and he said, Kafu Mitasei. When in those days when we were looking more my cotton, when they did Avelas, they should turn the beds over. Turn your bed over and prepare yourself for Shiva. Shilmala Yehuda Kayim, because there's no way that he would delay. He's been doing this every Friday coming home. If Yehuda was still alive, like Bitalainas, there's no way that he wouldn't have come home on Friday. Havikishgogan, the fact is he was alive, but he just was immersed in his learning and he didn't realize how time got away. He's uh, There was a mistake that went out from the, the mouth of the ruler. And he killed his own son-in-law. Years ago, when a few cycles ago, we were doing Daf Yemi, there was somebody there who took started, started to write down every time an Amoida unfortunately killed another Amoida for the words that he said. In the middle, he gave up. It was just too many pages being used up. Here we have another guy. Yannick unfortunately killed his own son-in-law. <clears throat> Unintentional. Rebbe. Rebbe Iasik, now this is a fascinating story here. Rebbe Iasik Lebrei Beiratchia. Rebbe was involved that he had his daughter marrying the son of Rabchia. Rabchia was his prime student, and Rebbe was going to make a shidduch with Rabchia. Kimati Lemichta when it came the day of the wedding, and they were writing the Ksuva, Noch Nafsha Dervisa. She died. Rebbe's daughter died. Omar Rebbe, Rebbe said, it seemed like the Abisha did not want that this shit should go ahead. <clears throat> and uh, and he said, is there some kind of a psul in our families that the Abisha didn't want this marriage to continue? Yesivu, they sat down, they sat down the side to look in the yichus to see whether the two families are suitable. Um Rebbe Osi Mishvatya ben Avital. Rebbe came from David Hamelech, one of his wives, Shvatya, the son of Avital. And Abhia Osi came, Mishimi Ache David. So Abhia came from the brother of David, and Rebbe came from royalty from David Hamelech. So we see clearly that Rebbe did not come from Shloim Hamelech, which is where Mashiach has come, that lineage, another lineage. We actually had Tereshalmi, but it was brought down in, um, uh, which brought down, oh, Sanhedrin. Well, having a motion head in places of hey, where um, that Rebbe actually came from the Nekevis of David HaMelech and from the males of Binyamin. That he was only from the Keva. Here we don't necessarily say he came from the Keva, but he came from one of the wives that was not really that would bring Mashiach. But nevertheless, Rebbe told us on a fascinating thing here that when you make a shidduch, it's very important to see the yichas as well to see if they match, which bothered them all Mephoshim, because we don't find that anywhere that you have to go ahead and make sure that the yichas matches, even though we had any more psachim that we tested. And normally everyone translates means of the grapes and the grapes. We look at the chasal, the kala, make sure they're suitable. But actually, that's not what the Gemara is saying at all. The Gemara is saying is look at the vines. 
that in the Hagef, the, the grapes of this vine, and in the Hagef, the grapes of the other vine, they match. And that's why it says you should marry the daughter of eight Tamachachim. So we're talking about the, the Yichas. But here, Rabbi took it to the next level, and he said that because our Yichas doesn't match, Rabbi myself, this Shidduch couldn't go ahead. <clears throat> anyway, the story goes further. Ozel um, so he some Now he took his daughter Rebbe and he decided to marry the um, sorry. So he took his son to marry the, the daughter of Yeshiv Ben Zimra. So it was uh, <clears throat> so Rebbe's son was trying to marry Rabbi's daughter. Rabbi's daughter passed away. So now he took his son to marry the daughter of Rabbi Yeshiv Ben Zimra. Now it must be following that story. Rabbi Yeshiv Ben Zimra's yichas was equal to Rebbe because Rabbi Yeshiv Ben Zimra's yichas was not equal to Rebbe. Now what's the point? If it's not, it doesn't even come from Dovmelo's brother, it makes it even worse. So I must assume that it comes from the same Yichas. And they made up that he'll go to Kail for 12 years, which you find in many places even today that you get married, and then we'll support him in Kail for a number of years, support him for 12 years. But this is more than just supporting him in He was going to leave home, get married, and leave home. We'll have more conclusion about what's better to get married first, and then go learn or learn first, and then get married. Anyway, so they got married, and then we had their whole long Olu, depends if in Israel or in Bubble. For 12 years. The Mazel may not have to go to Yeshiva. <clears throat> what happened was he never saw his column. But then, which is hard to understand because he had more resolution in the second period, you're not allowed to marry, so you're not allowed to get engaged unless you actually see her. Anyway, so maybe this is right before he got engaged. They they took the girl and look at that. They didn't even sit down to talk. He just took they just took the girl and passed her by in front of him so that he can lay eyes on her. Amaluhu, and it was instant love. Amalu, he said, one second, I'm not going away for 12 years to Yeshiva and Koyal. I want to be with her. Nehebet Shishnin, let's settle. No, but they were, they were actually forcing him to go to Koyal for 12 years. He wanted to become a big Talachacham. Rebbe wanted his son to be Rebbe's son. So he said, one second, I want, or, um, uh, Rabbi Shemazim said, son said, uh, said, sorry, he said, I want to be only six years. So Rebbe's son said, let me go to Koyal for six years. I want to go back to her. Okay, um, uh, then they brought it, they brought a second time. Amaluhu, one second, and he now became besotted. Ichanis wanted to get married straight away, and then Vahadul Ezel, I'll go to Yeshiva afterwards. Have the Then he was embarrassed. First, he was going to go learn for 12 years, all the big plans, and then six years, and now he decided he wants to get married first. Then I'll go to Yeshiva. Amalei, so Rebbe wanted to console him, and he said, Bani, my son, das yeshbach. you're just like the Eibishter. Why? Because first he says, to be Eimah, first he says, let's go into Eretz and then we'll make a house for Hashem, the base of Megish. While they were in the desert, he said, you know what, I can't wait. Build me a home right now amongst you. Send me here. First we told you to go away, and you know, then you come back and get properly married, and now you want to get married first. Ozil, so what happened was Yosef Tartis He sat 12 years, he got married, and then she waited for him. They agreed, and she, she agreed, and he went to Koil far away to learn for 12 years. Ad also, because they were married and they wanted to be together and she couldn't, she lost her ability to conceive. Ad also, she lost the ability to bear children. So Rebbe said, what should I do now? Nigrisha, should we divorce her? What, this poor girl never waited for her husband 12 years. She allowed him to go to Yeshiva, and this is the reward she gets. They can't bear any children. Ninsev Itzachita, let him marry another woman. Is Yemru, they'll say, Zu Ishtay, Zu, 
either Zugosay or Zainosay. They'll say um, this, the new one, the one born with children is his wife, and this other one is purely there, like we had by, by Lemech, be like his Zaina. That's the, our version. Or just that's, that's the match made in heaven, but it's nothing. She's not really the wife. So what did Rebbe do? Boiler, Rachmi, he davened, the Istia, she was cured, and she was able to have children. We're just proving the point that the, you, with permission, you can go for a long time, you see all these stories. But again, it, was, it doesn't prove anything because this was conditional in the marriage, which is different or she agreed or might have been her idea. And the Gemara tells another few, relates another few stories. The very last day of Shabbat so he was went off the Yeshiva. Do me a favor, you actively wait one more day until my Shabbat are totally over. I want to go together with you to Yeshiva. He didn't want to delay even by one day, even though he's going for years, he didn't want to delay, delay by one day if he could. He sat 12 years in Yeshiva. Imagine, he couldn't wait one more day for Rav Shimon Yuchai to join him. So he went and went on his own. When he came back home, they rebuilt the city and all the streets changed and, and so he didn't recognize the city. He didn't know where he lived. He didn't even know how to get home. He went, he sat by the river. He heard this woman say, he heard this woman say, or this young girl say, daughter of Chachanoi, daughter of Chachanoi, Mali Kalosha go fill up your, 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 your vessels and let's go. He said, that this girl must be my family. He followed her. Now, he didn't recognize the girl because. Um, he left for 12 years. She grew up. He followed her. <clears throat> His wife was sitting at home. And she was there making dough for challah or bread. She lifted her eyes. She saw her husband after 12 years. Her heart saw. She had a massive heart attack and she passed away. From excitement, sheer excitement, finally seeing her husband. Omar Lefonov, so Rabchanina Bechachanoi said, he said, my wife, who waited 12 years to see me, she allowed me to go learn. This is her reward. And she came back to life. He also went to Yeshiva for 12 years after getting married to Kirill. He also, when he came home, Omar, he said, I'm not going to do a Chachnoi. If my wife passes away, I have no guarantees that I have the ability to <clears throat> resurrect her. He went and sat down in the base of Medrash and he was going to send a, and he sent uh, um, somebody, uh, a Shliach, to go inform his wife that he's home, to break the news slowly. Shalach Lebeis sent somebody to his house to tell him. Also, Rabbi Aisha Bray, that he had a son, Rabbi Aisha, that he hadn't seen in 12 years. I mean, he left his little baby, didn't recognize him at all. Rabbi Aisha came into town, and Yosef came in, and he sat before him. And it looks like he was ready to call Rabbi Aisha. Have a commercial Shmaita. And this Rabbi Aisha started to ask this guest, without asking who he was, asked him all kinds of questions. Chaza, he saw the Kamish Maita. This young man was extremely smart and very sharp. He started to feel, he started to have misgivings. Omar, he said, Oy, did I do the right thing going to Kail for 12 years? I didn't raise my child. I didn't teach him. I would remain home. I would have had a son just like him, also smart. And now I didn't do that. Maybe I did the wrong thing going to Kail. 
Ola Beisa, he came home. Obrey and his son followed him because his son lived in that house. But he didn't realize that was his son. So he thought that the guy is coming to ask more questions. Come, come, he stood up before this young man. He thought that this young man is going following him because he wants to ask him more questions. His wife said, she already knew that he was coming. Where do you find that a father stands up out of respect for his son? was so proud of the son. He said, that a, 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 a string that has three threads, doesn't get cut off quickly. So because now that his grandson learned Torah and he, he himself learned Torah and his father also was a big Tavachacham. And Tyson already adds that um, when do we say that three generations learned Torah, the Torah remains in the family if all three generations saw each other. But none of them, you know, were not together. This was Rabbi Isha, the son of Rabbi Chama Barbisa. Now we're talking about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Raya de Ben Kalbas Rabbi Akiva was um, the, what do you call, uh, married the, the daughter of Kalbas Why he's called Kalbas We had in Margitan because anybody came to his house hungry as a dog, he would, he would give him so much food and say to him. So what happened was, so what the the Ben Kabbalah have a chazise parted to have a tzniyah. The daughter of Ben Kabbalah and Nozha Mekiva was very modest. Now all the Rishonim want to know how can that be when we learned more of Shachan that Ben Tesser Mekiva said he when he was an Amoritz if he ever saw Talmud Chacham he would rip them apart and he, and and, um, <clears throat> and he would bite them like a wild donkey. So. Um, so some say that was the first period, and then by the time he married the daughter, he already learned a little bit. So he knew something. Tyson here, however, says interesting that he not, not that he he was always a shaymer mitzvah, but uh, he was saying they the Amaratzim thought that Tamil Chacham looked at them condescendingly, and 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 that's what they hated about Tamil Chacham. Not they hated Tayyid Chacham, but he hated the fact this gaiver or this hoardiness of these Tamil Chachamim who had no time for these Amaratzim. Anyway. Uh, she saw that he was modest. Omrole, she said to him, she sort of fell for him and she said to him, if I marry you, will you go to Yeshiva to learn properly? Omrole, yes. So it was actually totally her initiative that Abakiva went to learn Taita. Discreetly, because she knew that her father would never agree that she, the daughter of a wealthy family, a wealthy man, should marry such a simple person. So they, they, they eloped. And she sent them off to Yeshiva. Shama Abu, her father somehow or another found out, and Afkim Mebeise, he threw, tossed her out of the house. And Adonam Menichse, and she and he said, I don't have any benefit from my wealth. And basically, she was impoverished. And we'll have in the Gemara Nadarim a whole story how to keep it later, how poor they were. And later on, how wealthy it became. Ozil Yasir Tayseshnin Bebeinav, Abakiva went to study 12 years in Yeshiva Kiyosa. Um, and when he decided after 12 years, because she said 12 years, it seemed that that was the period everybody went to was for 12 years. To become a somebody, you have to be 12 years. So anyway, so he went, um, and he brought back with him, he brought back with him 12,000 students. Shamala Husab, when he came to the house, he overheard a conversation where this person was talking to his wife, and this person was saying, he said to this woman, to, 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 to his wife, how much longer do you want to be a living widow? You're alone here. Your husband's away in Yeshiva somewhere. For, completely forgot about you. She said to him, if he would listen to me, let's say another 12 years in Yeshiva and become even a great Talmud Chacham. Omar said to himself, she's giving me permission. 
So he decided not to go home because he felt that if he would go home, he wouldn't have the courage to go away another 12 years. So he went another 12 years without even saying hello to his wife. So this time, after 24 years, when he came back, I see Bahade, he brought back with him Esrin Ba'arbo Alfred Talmud. He brought back 24,000 students. Shabbat Avisa, when the wife heard that Rabbi Akiva was coming back, she started to go out to go greet him. One of her neighbors said to him, why don't you, um, why don't you buy a borrow from me, some, from somebody, some very nice clothes, look like a mensch, because they were very, very poor. But, you know, dress nicely, and you're going to meet now one of the great Tamil Chamin. And cover yourself. She said, The tzaddik knows the nefesh. You think they look at the outside, they know exactly what's going on in the inside, and, um, and therefore, it doesn't matter what clothes I'm wearing. He knows what happened only because of him. I lost all our wealth. Kimacha Legabe, when she came, approached him, Nafla al Apa, she fell on her face, Kamanashka Lekara, and she was kissing his feet. She, I guess he was riding on a horse. Havika Medach Leshmaya, the Shamish of Rabbi Kiva didn't know who this woman was, and he started to push her away. Amaluhu, Rabbi Kiva said to the Gabe, to his Shamish, Shavku, leave her be. Shali, Ushalachem, Shalahu. Everything that I have. And everything that you 24,000 students have is all hers. Shamavu, her father heard. The Asa Gabar her father heard that a great man came to town. He had no idea that this was his son in law. Ahmad, he said, but he also had misgivings why he denied her all these He watched his daughter literally in poverty. But he didn't, he, when you make a vow, you can't just uh, annul a vow. You have to find a hetan. And he couldn't find that. Abad couldn't find a hetan. And also, I'll go to him, maybe he can find a way. To um, a hetter. And what was the hetter? It was, hetter was if we would, okay, excuse me a second. Amalek. So Rakiva said to him, when he came to Rakiva, he didn't recognize him. He said, Rakiva said to him, I died to the Gabra Rabbi, may not have, and initially, if you would have known that your son in law would have become a great rabbi, you have made this nether. Amalek, I feel a pedic echad. I don't need him to be a big rabbi. If he would knew one pedic, or if you're locha achas, which sounds more like he did nothing, not like those Roshanian Brit, but others who say that Rakiva knew something when he married her. Sounds like um, from this Gemara here that he actually knew nothing. Because he says, I, if you just learn one pedic, I'd be happy. Unless whatever he learned, he kept to himself and no one had a clue. On my left, he was saying, that's me. So that was the, the, the basis for the unraveling of this net that was noilet by saying, had you known this would have happened, would you be would it be good enough? Now, the problem is, we learned in Durham, you cannot say, um, if you would have known that something would have happened, which at that time didn't happen yet, would you have done it? You can't do that. It has to be something that's there already, but you just weren't aware of it. This wasn't, didn't happen yet. This is something new. So, so Tasha says an interesting thing, that go, that it's not called Neulet. Why? The moment you decide to go to Yeshiva, everybody who goes to Yeshiva to learn generally will come back at Tamukhach. So therefore, it's not Neulet, as if already it happened that moment when he made that decision. Anyway, so he says, it's me. He fell on his face, and, 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 this, and the father-in-law kissed him. He gave him half of his wealth. Um, <clears throat> the daughter of Akiva, did exactly the same thing to Benazai, that he wanted to marry her, and then, and, and it's a different opinion, he actually didn't marry her, but in Saita, but he did marry her, he didn't marry her, but she said to her mother, I did better than you. You gave up 24 years, of your husband, but then you had him. I gave up because they divorced. I let him because Benazir says, I need to learn trader. So I gave him more than you. Behind the people say, the sheep go after the sheep. The kids 
generally emulate their parents. Parents are the role model. And also to play our words, because her name was Rachel, Rakiba's wife's name is Rachel. And so we say, Rachila, the sheep goes after the sheep, or Rachel follows the Rachel. The way the mother behaved, that's how the daughter behaved. So the best way of teaching somebody is by being a role model. Okay, beautiful tomorrow. We'll continue tomorrow, Mitzvah